welcome to the Epic Angels podcast. Every episode, we put the spotlight on one of our portfolio startups. My name is Mikey. And my name is Hester. After the conversation with the founder, Mikey and I will have a conversation together with one of our Epic Angels to reflect on this investment. Today, we have Rebel Girls, a global media brand and movement dedicated to inspiring and empowering the 1 billion young girls worldwide. Through their innovative storytelling approach and commitment to raise the most confident generation of girls, Rebel Girls have already produced books, podcasts, and digital media for a growing community of 23 million Rebel Girls, spanning more than 100 countries. Welcome, Jess and Michonne. Thank you. Yeah, hello there. Let's start with learning a bit more about you. Jess, you are an experienced entrepreneur with corporate experience in strategy on the companies like BCG. You joined in 2019 as the COO and now CEO. The company was founded by Elena back in 2016. Can you tell us a little bit about how the company started and how both of you joined and why you joined Rebel Girls? Sure. So Elena and Francesca had an idea for a book back in 2016. And that was the genesis of Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. At the time, only 19% of children's books had a female protagonist with any sort of agency whatsoever, compared to more than 80% of children's books with male protagonists with agency. So they wanted to change the fairy tale of once upon a time, there was a princess and her job was to look beautiful and be rescued by a prince and to give girls real life role models with all the agency in the world so that they could dream bigger. So they launched that first on Kickstarter in May of 2016. At the time, it was the most funded Kickstarter in publishing history. And they self-published that first book in November of 2016, also using 60 female and non-binary artists from around the world to make sure that the artwork was just as representative as the women whose stories they told. So that was how the company started and away it went. I met Elena in January of 2019 fell in love with the company and joined originally as the board member, was the COO, and then a year later became the CEO. Amazing. And what about you, Michelle? So my background is primarily in traditional publishing, but I learned very quickly that I hated traditional publishing. <laughs> I really wanted to be where the innovation was. I wanted to be in a place where I could actually make change. And I met Elena in 2017, so right after the publication of the first Goodnight Stories Rebel Girls book. And, you know, I fell in love with the company and I hit it off with Elena when I started just a few months after that. Great to hear. And that was a bit about the goal of the company. It's to bridge the confidence gap in girls, isn't it? Between the ages of eight and 14, girls' confidence levels fall by 30%. Yes. The confidence gap starts at age six. And that is when girls start thinking that they are less smart and less capable than boys. And that confidence gap widens every single year until they're 14 years old. The good news is eight out of 10 girls want to feel more confident. This is something they want to do. And since confidence is the single biggest predictor of a child's success, making sure that all children of all genders have the same confidence level is imperative to changing future generations in terms of leadership across any industry you can imagine and making real change in the world. And and. I understand that you run customer surveys where you actually measure the impact that you have on your own girls. Can you tell us a little bit about the impact that you have? Yeah, we do surveys every single year with thousands and thousands of parents and families. 
92% of those surveyed said that Rebel Girls has inspired their daughters. 86% say that their daughter's confidence has increased because of Rebel Girls. And 55% have said that what their girls want to do later in life has changed because of Rebel Girls. Do you have some stories of girls where you know? So many stories. There's one that a mom wrote to us about. She had a seven and five-year-old daughter and they were doing a drawing activity and the five-year-old was getting very upset and about it and kind of wanted to quit. And the seven-year-old turned to her little sister and said, you cannot give up. That is against the rebel girl's law. And so <laughs> that <laughs> spirit of tenacity, we also had someone write into us and tell us about our awesome entrepreneur's book. And this was gifted to this person's daughter. It was a very, very shy girl who had really suffered during COVID and really had a lot of anxiety of going outside and being with people. And so she read this awesome entrepreneur's book about these women who had built things. And in the back of the book, there's a step-by-step guide for girls to create their own businesses. And so she decided to do that. And she created this, you know, string bracelet business. And that gave her so much confidence that she actually made a website about it. And that gave her confidence. And she went outside again and she joined a sports team and she's doing so much better now. And so that's another one of my favorites. I love it. So you have you have impacted 23 million girls already. You are focused on making it to 100 million girls that you impact with all your media. Is that right? Can you l- tell a little bit more about your attraction in the last seven years? We've now sold 10 million books in 50 languages and 110 countries. We have 23 million podcast downloads. We just launched on YouTube about five months ago, and we have our first 10 million views on YouTube, 12 million views of our listens on our music album. And our job is to increase the amount of content, the increased amount of IP in as many languages as possible, as many places as possible to reach girls everywhere. And what has been your go-to-market strategy to attract and keep customers? Well, first of all, we create amazing physical and digital content. So that is really how we attract and retain. But with our go-to-market, especially you know in other languages, has been really to think about how do we have a global and local strategy? So we've worked with partners around the world to bring out the same product in multiple languages at the same time. And then we provide them assets that they can localize. And then we've also had partners who were able to come on and produce the events that we're producing in our English language markets, also in translation. So it's really creating this like global and local go-to-market strategy that I think resonates with customers around the world. So partnerships, I hear they play an important role in how you expand. Partnerships are huge for us in multiple ways. So we have partnerships with each country and language. So we work with the top publishers in each country to translate our books and localize our books. And that's a very, very big role. We also have global partnerships with brands to help us expand. So we are just coming off of a a big Nike Times Rebel Girls football club tour celebrating the World Cup here in London, and it's going to Paris next, where we've created a book with Nike for a million girls, audio stories, digital stories, experiential event. And those are the kind of partnerships that also help us 
bring more stories to more girls. And so when we think about partnerships, we think about distribution partners who can help us with distribution and with impact. And we bring the storytelling and the girl-centric focus to the activations and to the IP. Super. Then that is clever. Hey, and now you are planning to grow into other channels as well. So podcasts, television, theater, and events. I read online that you're also going to Roblox and Minecraft. Tell us that's all very exciting. Yeah, we launched on Roblox last month. We did a partnership with female-owned and led House of Blueberry to celebrate our book, Rebel Girls Level Up, which celebrates women and girls in gaming in the metaverse. So you can find us there. We've also been developing a Broadway show, and we are making a lot of really, really fun progress in that front. To us, we launched on YouTube about five months ago. It's really important to build omni-channel, be everywhere girls are, and be able to provide content and experiences for all types of girls, depending on what their interests are and where they like to, to hang out. Let's talk a little bit about your IP, because we talk a lot about content, and I think it's fair to say that content creation is at the core of your IP. Right? So now, generative AI is really taking center stage these days in the headlines, in the papers you read everywhere about it. So how do you see this technology emerging and impacting the creative space? Is there a place for generative AI at a company like Rebel Girls? It is in the news a lot these days, and I think a lot of progress has been made in the technology and a lot more progress will be made in the future. We think that there is a place for generative AI, and we think there's really a place for human-created content as well. What I'd love to see is the empowerment element to be powered by generative AI. So in the back of each book, we have a place for girls to write their own story and draw their own portrait. And one of my dreams would be for girls to be able to come to our website, answer a few prompts, and then have their story written for them. And so have technology enable them to be the stars of their own story. And doing that at scale is something that only technology can do. And we think that's really interesting. In terms of localization, as you well know, each country is so different and so specific. And each story is really, really unique. And we pride ourselves on being authentic and representative. So we match the right creator from the right background to do the right story or illustration to get those nuances just right. And I think that is going to be very difficult for technology to create. Yeah, yeah, that's a very fair point. Hey, I would like to zoom in a little bit deeper on this. How do you localize for the Asia market? As you know, we focus on, on APEC. When you speak about to make content authentic and representative for APEC, how do you do that? We work with many partners in the APEC region to think about our content in ways that are going to work with local consumers. So as Jess already mentioned, we have 600 plus creators that we work with around the globe to ensure that when we are telling stories, we are doing it in the most authentic way. Um, we also tell stories that we hope can resonate on a global level in regards to the themes within the stories, the adversity and the triumphs that these women went through. Um, so those are global themes. And then when we specifically look at APAC, it's working with those partners to further localize some of the content. So whether that's the stories that we're telling or even the formats that are needed for specific regions. 
One of the books we did last year was with global nonprofit Room to Read. And we did an entire book of girls in their programs in their languages. And so, you know, you got the story of Trang in Vietnam who has, you know, family didn't have a lot of resources for anything. And she had a pet duck and decided to create a YouTube series with her pet duck and did so well that she was able to send her brothers and sisters to school. And I highly recommend looking at her YouTube, but, and then being able to tell her story in Vietnamese and then the story of her hero in Vietnamese for Vietnamese girls. Um, there's no way we could have done that without Room to Read as a partner with that big presence in Vietnam. And I understand that you featured already over 100 role models in APEC as the center of your stories. Is that correct? Well, my personal hero that I worship is uh, Junko Tabai, who is Japanese, and she was the first woman in the entire world who climbed Everest and the Seven Summits. And that was in 1975 and really paved the way for female mountaineers. And also, you know, in Japan at the time, there were not that many athletes who were women. And so she's my very, very favorite. <laughs> you also have historical ones like Queen Seonduk of Silla from Korea, who was a queen in the 17th century and really led that country then. And so it's a spanning of historical and current day women. Nice. Your target group is Gen Alpha girls, right? And globally, there's about 1 billion of them and 60% of them reside in APEC. So I would say there's a huge market for you to capture in APEC. You have taken America by storm, Latin and Europe, and now you're expanding into to APEC. This is a large market opportunity and, and I'm sure there's people who do the same. There's bound to be competition. Now, your advantage is that you have been around since 2016 and you have built a very strong brand equity. Also testament to the great partnerships that you have. They love to work with you partly because of your strong brand equity. How do you maintain this position and ensure that you remain relevant in this space? So remaining relevant within the space, I think especially against some of our competitors, is really Doubling down on what Rebel Girls has been good at for the last six years, one thing that really separates us is the fact that we are global. We're translated into 50 different languages. We reach 110 plus countries, and we haven't seen that really with any other properties that are similar to ours. We also try to tell the most global and the most inclusive stories to make sure that all girls can really see themselves in our books. So we're never... You know, there are moments where we are focused on certain territories, but we really try to keep that global aspect. And then, as Jess mentioned earlier, we work with over 600 creators around the globe to make sure that we are telling these stories in the most authentic ways. And I think that really adds to our relevancy and to making sure that consumers are delighted every time they pick up our products on this global level that all girls, no matter where they're from, can really see themselves and also buy into the Rebel Girls mission. Yeah, I can see that point. And also, I think how you feature real women. It's not fictional. It is not a story once upon a time. It's actual women who have done these awesome things. And as we know, what we also see with Epic Angels, role modeling is so important to grow the confident women in a space. You are currently raising your Series A round. You have amazing traction, but you're planning to grow further. So we would love to understand your growth plans and how you are 
planning to use the funds that you are raising in this Series A round? Robogirls is really taking the our first franchise, our Goodnight Stories franchise, which we've been expanding into different mediums. So we're going to continue to do that. But now in this next chapter, we're creating new IP and new franchises as well. So we have our first prescriptive nonfiction franchise called Growing Up Powerful. The first book has come out and we have a huge line of books and podcasts and shows coming out around that. And that's really focusing on this 8 to 14-year-old girl and this transition period in her life and providing her with the soft skills and the hard skills and the life skills and the socio-emotional skills to thrive. So everything from her body is changing and understanding that to a guide to friendship to a guide to financial literacy. So you'll see a lot of IP in our Growing Up Powerful line. We will also be coming out with our first fictional series next summer. And that will be its own franchise. And this will showcase current day 12, 13-year-old girls who are going on these adventures and really focus on their friendships, their brains, their development in a very, very positive way that has not been done very often in fictional space. We have a cooking line coming out as well. And so you'll see us basically expand our IP You'll see us expand the formats that we're in. And so we're using our Series A funding to create this new content and to build our team to also take it to market. So you are raising $8 million in the Series A. It's led by, uh, by Penguin, the large publisher. You also approached Epic Angels specifically looking for investment in this round. Why Epic Angels? can't imagine a more aligned group of amazing women who stand for building things for women and for girls and supporting women entrepreneurs. So a huge, huge values alignment. We also, as mentioned, we've had huge traction in North America, South America, and Europe, and we're looking to expand into Asia Pacific in a much larger way. And a lot of that is done via partnerships. And so the connections of this incredible group of women, we believe will help us very significantly in getting those right partnerships and being able to navigate some of the nuances of different countries and different regions such that we can be more successful faster. Yeah, great. No, as you say, we are very thrilled to be working with you because our missions align. We are both out there to build confident women who can achieve awesome things. So we're very excited about this. Is there any last thing you would like potential investors to know about your company? I think we've covered a lot of things. It's a really exciting moment for us as a company. I think the partnership with Penguin Random House and DK gives us global scale in a new and big way that we didn't have before on the publishing side, which also allows us to go into the digital side in a bigger way. And I think as we're coming out of COVID, the state of girlhood has never been worse. And so this has never been more important in terms of combating depression and anxiety and suffering mental health and suffering self-esteem of girls. And so now is the time And we were pretty pumped and jazzed to be on this journey and to be expanding our IP and to be expanding our partnership and to be expanding our global reach. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Jess and Michonne, for this information. It was a pleasure having you. Thanks for having us, Hester.
Now let's hear from the investors what they have to say about this startup. Stay tuned as we talk with Liz Henle about this investment opportunity. Now let's hear from the investors what they have to say about this startup. And please remember, we're not a financial advisor. All opinions expressed by Epic Angels are intended as educational and reflect the personal research and experiences of the team. So for today's investor talk, we invited Liz Henley to join our conversation. Liz is the founder herself, having started Sage Worldwide, the first Western-style speaker agency in Beijing, China. And she co-founded the Palm Council, a global virtual convening platform for investors and allocators around foreign policy. Prior to that, she served for eight years in the White House as a social secretary to the vice president of the United States. And she's the mother of five-year-old rebel girl, Mabel. Liz, thank you so much for joining our podcast. Absolutely. Delighted to be here. We are so curious to hear your story. How did you get involved in Rebel Girls? Oh, that's a good one. I invested in 2017 into Rebel Girls because it was the year I gave birth to my own Rebel Girl, Mabel. I had read goodnight stories for Rebel Girls just sort of, I think, in passing at an airport in a bookstore. And I thought, wow, this is really good content and incredibly powerful. So during COVID, I read the stories to Mabel, whether it was at bedtime or just relaxing. We had so much time at home, right? So I was looking for good things to read. So I read these stories to her. And now at age five, we still read Rebel Girl stories. And she picks out now the story she wants to read for tomorrow. And these real life stories expand her mind so much. She knows she can be anything she wants to be from activist to artist. And I love that. So it really was um, my journey to meeting the current CEO, Jess. Meeting her was sort of a fortuitous moment of serendipity where I had a friend who knew her. And when I heard what she was doing in terms of fundraising, it was just a no-brainer for me to want to get involved. And that's five, six years ago now that you stepped in already. So how have you seen their involvement over the past couple of years? Well, it's just been incredible. In one of our early introductions of Rebel Girls to Epic Angels, someone had mentioned books are dying, content in the form of hard copy is dying. But Jess and the team that she's put together really sees that future as well. Whereas the company is anchored in great written word. And in my view, I still love books. But she is such a futurist CEO that she's leading the team through digital content. They are talking about really making Rebel Girls into a mega entertainment company. And so that evolving has gone from 10 million books in 50 languages and reaching 22 million digital audio listeners. So it's definitely a, a rock solid plan for growth in the future. And what they've done in a short amount of time to me is short of amazing. Yeah, that's really so impressive, that whole traction. Hester, you spoke about that as well uh, during the podcast with Jess. Mm. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, what really took me apart from their traction in terms of users and revenue is the outcome. Based on their monthly customer survey, it shows that 92% of the parents report that their girls are inspired by the books and 86% of the parents say that their girls' confidence has increased. And that is, I mean, knowing a bit about EdTech, I'm always focused on the outcome. And this outcome is super strong. That is real evidence that it works. It's not just 
edutainment. It is, of course, entertainment. And it almost becomes a lifestyle when you look at the channels that they're looking to grow. But the results are also really there. And I thought that was especially very strong when you talk about their achievements in the past seven years. Yeah, and I think that's a very good point. It's not just entertainment, but it's real life education too. And I, and I just think that's a win-win. Yeah, that it's so powerful when you read that. I'm immediately added it to all my birthday present lists. Like, okay, that's going to be Rebel Girls book. That's for sure. For all, all my nieces in the next couple of years. So that's a great one. And now they are focusing on further expanding into APAC. They already have a few stories, of course, that are based on APAC. And now they want to grow that market further. Liz, you're from the United States. You've lived in China, you're currently living in Singapore. So you've seen Asia from close as well. How do you see that expansion further evolving? Exactly. Well, I know Jess and I know how she thinks about connecting the world. And I have no doubt she will continue to unearth stories from women around the world and connect all of us. I did live in China for 10 years, and I look forward to working with Jess and the team to bring amazing women of China to the platform. But certainly she has a strong connection and a plan for India. Australia is already a super hot market for them, but she sees Southeast Asia as an area to tap into. And I think that's why she smartly chose to work with Epic Angels, because our network is so powerful and we can connect the rest of the Southeast Asia stories of amazing women to the rest of the world. And I know her and I know she'll get it done. Yeah, I love that. And it has to be, and you are an ed tech specialist. And as you said, it's entertainment, but it's also the education element that's super strong. How do you see that expanding into different cultures, different languages all over the world? Yeah, that's a very good point, especially with, with ed tech. Localization is key. Because you need to connect with the local culture in the language, etc. And especially in Southeast Asia, you see that's a major challenge. They have proven to be able to do it in Latin, which they have conquered more or less, right, in Europe. So they already have this experience expanding and localizing in other languages and different cultures. As Jess just explained, they're doing these two partnerships who do the translation and also these local partners bring the connection with the local culture and the local people. So they have cracked how to expand to new local communities. And I think they can replicate this to a large extent in APEC and with the right partners. And we are one of them, honestly, they can pull this off. They have experienced this is a series, a quite mature company, and they can apply the lessons learned. I think that's right, Hester. I just wanted to add to, they've got lead investments from Penguin Random House and DK Publishing and companies like Nike that they partnered with. So they know how to go global, but they also know how to go local. So I'm really impressed with how they choose strategic partners like the publishing and the partnership recently with Nike around women in football. And Liz, their growth has been amazing over the past couple of years. You've been observing this up close. Going forward, what do you see as their main challenge? So I think, as I always say, content is king. And when you see entertainment companies like Netflix, Amazon, Apple, and the many other original content creators today making a play for audiences, you see where this is going. It can be saturated, but I also see that Rebel Girls is in a very good position to create content because they have an audience already on demand with Generation Alpha. One billion young girls around the world. 
and Rebel Girls has already counted 23 million impacted by the shared stories of Rebel Girls with the goal of reaching 100 million by 2025. I think you also look at data points like Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine gobbled up by $900 million by a Blackstone-backed venture. So I think they're in a prime spot to capture a lot of demand right now. And they've already proven themselves that they can be the queen of content, if you will. Uh, for sure. You touched upon this a little bit, Liz, already. The mission of Rebel Girls is, of course, amazing, right? Who doesn't believe in that? We all definitely stand behind that. But of course, next to that, as an investor, we also need to look at the exit potential. Mm. So often in an investment scenario, you're looking to 10x your investments. Where do you see that that growth will come from? Or where do you see, what type of exit scenarios do you see for Rebel Girls? So I, again, I think you look at the Hello Sunshine model as something that just really, I think, broke all moles and, and models in terms of being purchased by a Blackstone venture. And I think the entertainment world is changing and how people view content. There's so much independent content, but again, Netflix, Amazon, Apple paying a lot of money to get great content. So you could see a lot of scenarios where you're standard entertainment industry leader wants to buy Rebel Girls, but you would also see like a Blackstone coming into play now where we haven't seen that in the past. So I just think this is really exciting because there are so many opportunities for exit for them. Esther, to that point, Liz, that's exactly what I believe is at the same time an opportunity and their greatest challenge. It's this entertainment piece. They are a publisher from origin and they're now making the change into the digital channels and into the entertainment world and i think succeeding in this entertainment world is the key for even becoming greater in this 10x growth as you said Maike. that is not an easy nut to crack they have not done that yet they're just starting in this so being successful in the tv series that they're planning the broadway show that they're planning that is going to be a very important step, in my view, to reach the next level. And then once they have reached that, I think indeed, as you say, companies like the big entertainment companies, including the Disney type companies or Mattel, who bought American Girl, which is a similar type company, then they will have great interest in their IP. That's right. And one of uh, Jess's chats with us at Epic Angels, she mentioned one of their next big hires will be a CEO of content. She's just so plugged into the entertainment industry that I believe that that will be a key position to fill and really allow them to scale and make those partnerships they're looking to make. Yeah, So many good opportunities. It's very rare that you get a personal belief and a mission alignment with a great business opportunity. Of course, I love the mission, but the business opportunity is there in Generation Alpha and parents wanting to make sure our girls have real role models to inspire them. So for me, it was a no-brainer to invest. It's not only the right thing to do, the market is right for it. I was thinking about that. In our daily life at Epic Angels, we talk with women every day who say, me, an investor, I'm not an investor because they have this view of an investor being this 50-year-old guy. Yeah. Now, this is exactly what Rebel Girls is doing. It's talking to girls saying, you can be an Olympic yep. medal winner. You can be an Alpine climber. You can be a queen. Yep. You can be a prime minister. You know, it's exactly the same type of conversation. And that is the mission alignment that appeals to so many of our angels. 
yes, this mission alignment is really super strong. Thanks, Liz and Hester. I'm excited about Rebel Girls. I mean, who does not want to contribute and to raise the most inspired and confident generation of girls? So I'm glad that as Epic Angels, we can back Rebel Girls. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed looking behind the scenes. The objective of this podcast is to demystify angel investing and to share insights so you can learn more about the world of venture capital. Interested to see if you can become an angel investor yourself? Contact us via info at epicangelnetwork.com or go to our website at epicangelnetwork.com.